0: Welcome to season one of the Empowered Half Hour Overcome and Thrive with Becca Powers. This is for you, the big dreamer, goal getter, quota crusher, business builder. If you find yourself looking for more, but need a little bit of inspiration, motivation and empowerment to do so, you are in the right place. For centuries, we as humans have found the way to move forward in our lives through hearing the tales of other people's stories. And that's what we have in store for you today. So if you sit back, listen, I encourage you to find where you find yourself in the story of today's guest so that you can make the changes you've been looking for. And with that, it's officially tea time. Let's get started. Welcome to episode three of the Empowered Half Hour. I have a guest here that you are absolutely going to love because I love her. So that means you have to love her too. Her name's Kat Donovan and I met her in my own podcast journey. I was a guest on her podcast and she has a podcast called Fried, the burnout podcast. And y'all know I'm a burnout geek and I think she might actually be more of a burnout geek than I am. Yeah, she's nodding. Yes, true story. So I will read you her official bio so that you can understand a little bit more about her. And then we're going to jump in straight to the interview. All right. Kat Donovan is a keynote speaker, one of the New York City's leading experts, host of Fried the Burnout podcast, and author of the book, The Bounce Backability Factor. And an acupuncturist and a master's degree in Chinese medicine. Her creative burnout recovery solutions have been featured on podcasts and online magazines such as Forbes, NPR, and the New York Post, and in companies such as Lululemon and PepsiCo. Kate, welcome to the Empowered Half Hour. So glad to be here, Becca. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so I wanna dive in straight to what you're doing now. How did you become a burnout expert? What's the backstory to that?
1: Pain and tears. Yes. Is the backstory. Understood, Understood. (laughs) I didn't set out to become a burnout expert. I was, like you mentioned, an acupuncturist. I did that work for 15 years. And along the way, I burnt out. I stayed burnt out for six or seven years without knowing what was going on. Read an article one day on burnout and had that, oh my God, this is it. Holy crap moment. Full body chills. I kept reading through. And I just got them right, too. <laughs> right. Why didn't anybody tell me this? I didn't even know it was a thing. And then I did what I do as a nerd. I dove into research. My husband was doing a postgrad degree at Cambridge at the time. So I had access to university libraries, which is my favorite thing to have access to because those research articles are expensive. And I downloaded every single research article that was available on burnout in 2016. They started being available in the early 80s at some point. And so I had about 40 years of information to go through. That's powerful. And I read through it, all of it. And I didn't find myself in the research. And I was like, well, if this is about corporate workers and hospital workers, sure, I'm a healthcare worker, but I work for myself. So I make my own hours. I'm not burdened by insurance. I'm a cash-only practice. I don't even have an overload of work. I work 25 hours a week. What's what going on here? going on, yeah. After kind of going through this and alongside going through my own recovery process and a lot of people that do burnout work now say, I figured it out by myself and now I'm helping you do it better because I had to do it alone. I did not do it alone. Same. My recovery I paid for all the help. Mm-hmm. I had a therapist. I had a coach. And once those two things were sort of more settled, and I had a lot of it figured out, I hired a functional medicine practitioner to get the rest of my body back on track. So I did sort of emotional, mental, and physical. I just want to pause there
0: for one second, and I want to continue to go into that backstory. But for the listeners, her podcast she goes into a lot of these topics and in specifics. Like she'll double click, and like she said, she's a nerd, and I love that because I'm a nerd too. I'm like, yes, go off, Kate. But the body, how she said she got into functional medicine to help heal. I did too. If you are listening to this and you're like, oh yes, burnout, like what Kate's saying is starting to resonate. Just know that there's a process and it's cool
1: and it's going to take time and you're going to have to include your body. Well, and I think also you should start with your body and then come back to it at the end, because I've seen this mistake happen a lot of times that people are like, I'm going through this burnout thing. And in my coaching form, it says that you've been seen by a doctor and been cleared for all other things. Or at least you have some sort of diagnosis that we can work with. Because you know how many people I've seen start burnout recovery and go through all this mindset work only to find out that they're vitamin B12 deficient or anemic, or they have really low vitamin D. just
0: like, say the low vitamin D yes. when I got there. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Right.
1: So do the basic body stuff first to make sure that you can even handle doing some of the stuff. And then you're going to have to dig into the body stuff again, because there's more stuff in there probably that you couldn't handle the first time around. Like if somebody had told me the beginning of my burnout process that I had to do a whole 30 and cut out sugar, alcohol, coffee, grain, I would have been like, are you kidding? I can't even get out of bed. And now you want me to make a four course breakfast with organic bacon? No, ma'am. No, (laughs) ma'am.
0: I almost snorted only because I'm full 30 on my like list for January, just Because I am six years post-recovery and I still do my resets because I can feel burnout creep up again. But it's hard to do. Especially like you said, if you're already running on empty. If
1: you're running on empty, like please do not try and attempt a whole 30. You're going to go down a rabbit hole of like feeling miserable and then judging yourself and then feeling more miserable because you're judging. I mean, just, it's awful. So I went through the research. I couldn't find myself. I did my own work. I started talking about it with my patients at the time, and I was moving to the States. I was living in Prague, and I was moving to the States, and I wrote half a book and didn't finish it, and there was like a lot of moving pieces. I was moving back to the States. I have a United States-based acupuncture degree and a United States national license. It's not valid in New Jersey. It's so weird. So we ended up moving to New Jersey because of my husband's job. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I have to go into the city to do acupuncture, which means I'm looking at a commute and I can start doing that, but I really have to figure out something that I can do here. So I started really digging into more of the burnout stuff, finishing the book, starting the podcast. And then four years on, things have unfolded a bit. Yes, they have.
0: Can you share with the audience a little bit more specifically of what did you have to overcome to get out of burnout. And then also just get to the spot where you are. Now you're an expert and a lot of people are struggling with burnout, but also are looking to become an
1: expert in their field. So I'd like to hear a little bit about that overcome story. So for my own stuff, I had to overcome a few things. One of them was what Gabor Mate calls super autonomous self-sufficiency. I like that. I had a really hard time admitting that my childhood could have induced some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. I have parents that I really love, parents that really love me, that are very supportive. Sure, close to the poverty line for most of my life. Sure, my father was an addict until I was six and then he was a recovering addict or is a recovering addict now for the rest of my life. Sure. Okay. But Even growing up the way that I did and being in a city where there's a lot of people that were way more well-off than we were, there were also a lot of people that were way less well-off than we were. So even within that difficulty, I saw my privilege and knew my space. And I also thought that admitting to some sort of trauma would be blaming my parents. It turns out that my mother and I went through an uncovering process at the same time. So we were able to have these discussions in a way that was really useful and beneficial for both of us without being like, you did this to me. No, you didn't do this to me. This was the situation that was happening. You did the best you could. And these are the results in my body. So we were able to really go there. So first I had to overcome admitting to myself that my adverse childhood experiences scores were high. Because of that, my stress response system is going to be different than other people's. That's number one. Number two, I had to overcome the fact that I thought that I was only useful to people if I was serving them at all times. So I was only a friend to people that I constantly gave to and didn't take anything from because I don't I can't can take anything. I have, to, I have yeah. to give things right. I had to overcome the fact that I don't have to be a martyr and a savior in every situation. This includes outside of friends. Like I'd be on the tram telling people to get up so that an old lady could sit down. None of this is any of my business. Like get out (laughs) your business.
0: Yeah. But you took the role, you know, there's an important lesson that's sharing here because when you take on the role of the martyr or the hero or the giver, you're not feeling yourself back up. Those are some of the baseline things that lead to burnout as far as a pattern.
1: Yes. And then finally I had to not overcome, but learn to transform and work with the anger set of emotions. You know me, I focus on resentment mostly. That's my favorite emotion. You'll find that word a lot in my work. However, really what I'm talking about is the anger group. Resentment, irritation, frustration, annoyance, anger, all smashed up together. Women are not allowed that. Women of color especially are not allowed that. We're not supposed to have those feelings. So I had to admit that I had them and then I had to do something with them. So this is where the Resentment Journal came from. So I had quite a bit of things to overcome in that regard. As far as what I had to overcome for expertise, I just studied a lot, I read a lot. And you have to remember that I have 15 years behind me of working one-on-one with people in a healthcare setting. I've done 30,000 acupuncture treatments in my life. That means I've had 30,000 conversations outside of fried and coaching mm-hmm. and all of that on people's deepest, darkest secrets and troubles. And so I had a lot of insight into this world before I added on stress management, burnout, etc. I already had this knowledge. So the expertise part was sort of simple for me. So I was just building on things that I already owned. Yeah,
0: I love that because in that part of the story, a lot of people are you know, always looking to how do I distinguish myself? And I would say to sum up what you said, it's consistency and follow your passions. Like one thing will lead to another and they can stack. I don't want to go too sideways because I'm like, I feel like you and I could probably do multiple episodes (laughs) and just keep talking about really cool things. But women especially think they need to reset when they go in a side direction. It's not brand new, but they don't feel like they can take their experience with them. And what you're saying is you had past that supported each other, slightly different, but you were able to take your experience with you. So I just want to acknowledge that for you and also the listeners. So good job. <laughs> what is one of the primary lessons you've learned in regards to burnout and what got you to where you are now?
1: I think the resentment thing is big and I could go on about that for hours, but. Something that I learned last year at a conference where when you work for yourself, everybody's like, let's work on your branding. Let's work on your positioning statement. And you do these exercises like four times a year because somebody says it and you're like, oh my God, I don't know who I serve or what I do. You do know who you serve and what you yes, do, but you exactly. think you don't for a moment. So you go through this exercise. So I'm going through this exercise, but I started with like sort of a jerk space. I was like, I already know that. And I already like, I have this, man. Nah. And I was like, right, I'm just gonna do it anyway because I'm sitting here and I'm at this conference and I'm gonna work it through. And so I started saying like, I work with blah, 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 burnout, blah, blah, blah. I kept writing and I was like, oh, something's missing here. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I kept writing and I kept writing and what it came down for me and the thing that I've been speaking to people about for 20 years, the thing that is sitting underneath all of this that has its own things that sit underneath it. But the thing that I'm talking to people about all the time is self-neglect.
0: Oh. I'm just going to let that sit for a second.
1: That's really what it is, right? That's really what it is. Why we self-neglect has its own reasons. There are trauma reasons. There are cultural reasons. But self-neglect is really the thing that I'm discussing all the time. All those places in your life where you are removing important pieces of yourself for the assumed benefit of other people. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you say, well, I don't know who I am. Well, no kidding, because you left part A over there. And part B over there and part C over there. You've only got XYZ left. Your jigsaw puzzle is missing a lot of pieces, sister. Wow.
0: And when you said that, it really resonated with me too, because it sent a memory flash of all the self neglect I've done to myself and how much nourishing myself was first hard, but then B was so needed. I love that you went there. Like I got
1: goosebumps like three times. Well, and this nourishing process is the center of every story of recovery from anything ever. Oh, man. <laughs> I have listened to people's stories of healing for 20 years, every week. Well, no, that's not true. I usually take about eight weeks off a year. So <laughs> my, minus <laughs> two months a year. I'm going to give it to you, though. <laughs> every single story includes some version of I took control back. I took myself back. I started heeding the calls from my soul, from my body, from my mind. I started paying attention to myself. I pushed back. I created boundaries. They're all about this same thing. And every story includes it. Every single one. Wow. You know, what I've learned
0: too, is that it's not the superficial stuff. No, like
1: spa day. I mean, that stuff, Hey, listen, I am not about to tell anybody to not do a spa day. Yeah, (laughs) like I love my spa day. I love a a spa day.
0: (laughs) Would you mind like just sharing what you've seen work for self-nourishment? Like I know this topic can go really deep, but- Oh
1: no, you want to know what I do with people? Yeah, I do. Everybody get ready to laugh. Pee when you have to pee. Drink when you're thirsty. Find a bathroom when you need to drop a deuce eat when you're hungry, rest when you're tired. Wow. Pee when you have to pee. This is the title of a book. It's got to be. Because what we don't understand and what we're missing is we're looking for all of these like magical tools that we can use. But if you have a pattern of self-neglect, you've probably been like, oh, I'm just going to finish these three more emails before I go to the bathroom. Meanwhile, your bladder is like punching you in the stomach. Like, are you kidding? And you're like, I got this. I got this. You're squeezing your legs together. You're on your tiptoes, but you're still typing. Go to the bathroom. I'm laughing because I've totally been that person. Everybody's been that person. Everyone (laughs) has. It's funny because everybody's been there. So one of the basic things we need for burnout recovery is a sense of safety. One of the things that teaches our body that we are safe is continuously responding to its messages. When it says, hey, I got to pee. And you say, hey, cool, let's go pee. Your body says, oh, I'm being taken care of. And you relax. If we don't get down that foundational piece of meeting your body's basic needs throughout the day, standing when you need to stand, getting up, moving, going outside. I understand that sometimes you're going to have to override this because you are a nurse and you're in the middle of a 7-hour surgery. Like you're going to be standing there and you're gonna, okay, I get it. And when you have the control, do everything you can. That's
0: right. It's so powerful because In my own recovery process, I use the word harmony a lot, but the more Mm -hmm. I got in harmony with my body, like Mm -hmm. honoring, Mm -hmm. pee when I have to pee, drink when I need to drink, Mm -hmm. I felt relief. I still remember after doing it a couple of times, the first time my body felt the release, it felt like I lost 10,000 pounds off my shoulders. Yeah.
1: People are like, here are these vagal nerve exercises for vagal tone. I'm like, why don't you just pee? (laughs)
0: But it's true. It's, the little, things it's we're, the little things we're doing. And I'm a geek too. And I dive into this stuff and I still participate in a lot of seminars and experiences. And I recently did Tony Robbins Date with Destiny. He goes into like, what's your primary question? And again, I've been in recovery mode for six years. There's always more work to do, right? And I just uncovered that my underlying question was, Am I doing enough? Not, mm. am I enough?
1: Am I doing enough? Am I doing mm.
0: enough? Which would stop me from peeing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was incredible. I was like, oh shit,
1: yeah. it's still there. It's still There's always going to be something. Yeah. But the more work you do with yourself and the more distance you create between it and your attachment to it, the easier it is to just be like, oh, yeah. that's the new thing. Okay. Yeah. All and right. It's like, well, Okay. And like in getting it
0: called out, I was like, all right, like, so now how can I appreciate and relax even more? So I'm like, yeah, spinning that around. But I just like that the conversation went that way because this episode is going to be playing in early January. And it's just for the listeners, when you hear this, know that you have all of 2023 to nourish yourself. And it's so beautiful. So I'm going to ask you another question. Why are you so passionate about this work?
1: Because it's everywhere, and because my lived and observed experience tells me over and over and over again how necessary it is. Plus, I'm a fiery kind of person. (laughs) And I read something this morning on LinkedIn and I was like, "Ah, must respond. I have a natural spice that needs to be sprinkled on various meals in the world. (laughs) I can't get away from that. I'm never going to be not irritated when I see somebody say, we should really only be working towards burnout prevention. We shouldn't let burnout happen in the first place. I think that's really cool. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying we still need burnout treatments for people that are burnt out right now and need help. We should be working towards cancer prevention, but that doesn't mean that people that have cancer, we should just be like, oh, sorry, you missed the prevention train.
0: Oh my gosh. Sorry. And like, just to throw some stats in there, because again, geek, and I was doing some burnout <laughs> research over the past couple weeks. And I was like reviewing 2022, like yeah. statistics on how many working professionals yeah. are and what percentage of those are probably in burnout. And it was like 150 million people. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me that we're ready. Like, let's just go to prevention. We've got <laughs> 150 million humans just in help. the U.S. that need help. Like my mind blew at the magnitude of that because yeah. then I also go into like, how many lives are those people touching?
1: Yeah, every and single th- life. Now we're now talking about the globe. Six degrees <gasps> of separation. Yeah, so I what? The 150 ones. million times six. That's the globe. This work is so important. I have no shortage of passion for it because I see it. You can't yeah. avoid seeing it. Yes. And I also want to acknowledge that... I just collected a bunch of people that are doing this work until like one document. And I have so far like 60 people, which is amazing. And four years ago, I would have been like, oh my God, it's a competition. There's not enough space for me. I don't have a loud enough voice. And now I'm like, oh my God, thank God.
0: And if you think that that's only Thanks. 60 people that we yeah. can really call out that are like serving burnout. Focused there's...
1: on burnout. And
0: the problem's ginormous.
1: Like we need 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times this many people. Wow. And so I was looking at the list and I felt so much gratitude for these people that are willing to dig in right now.
0: Yeah. I'm feeling that too. One of the things that came up for me when I was doing my research and I'm working on what's next for me, but I'm just taking my notes and writing down whatever's percolating and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this isn't a love problem. Because people think about, burnout. And then when they realize they're burnt out, then all the guilt and shame emerges because they're like, oh shit, like I haven't been around or like I've been here and not there. But people are like, oh, maybe I didn't love my kids enough. This isn't a love problem. It's a presence problem.
1: Mm.
0: Burnout takes our presence away from ourselves and from the people we love.
1: Self-neglect takes our presence away. Having our presence taking away causes burnout. Yes, I would say that. No, I would agree. I would say that. So I think one of the tricky things about burnout is that almost every symptom is also a cause or a vulnerability. I don't actually like to use the word burnout causes because I think it's too vast.
0: Yeah, because it's really the result of, it's not the thing.
1: Right, exactly. And so, Mm -hmm. and I think almost all of the burnout things are like, If you have really high tension in your neck and shoulders, that can be from burnout, but also having really high tension in your neck and shoulders can lead you towards burnout because it's a sign that there's too much stress in your body. And if you're not dealing with it, it goes on too far. Right. So everything in burnout is like a closed cycle, is cause of and solution to and problem of and... Chicken, egg, chicken, egg. (laughs) Yeah. What is it? The Simpsons, like beer is the cause of and solution to all of the world's problems. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So yeah, there's a
0: lot of work to be done. Yeah. And one of the reasons, I mean, I love your personality and all that stuff. I'm like, she's my instant friend. I collect humans and not in a creepy way, but I think (laughs) I I do. I'm like, I love people. I read them on, but I love your passion. I just wanted to close the loop on that. Like I felt it when I met you, I was like, damn, she is really going for this. She wants to help people. And it just was like really inspiring for me.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: So what is a key of learning that you can share that would empower someone else since it is the empowered half hour?
1: If you can admit to your resentments and then look at them as places where you need to implement changes in your life, you will be immeasurably happier within a short time. Wow. Burnout is not just about you. Burnout is a cultural issue. It's a trauma issue. There's things that you're doing in your day-to-day life that are affecting the fact that you're burning out perfectionism and people-pleasing and But those things also come from trauma and culture. And while it is your responsibility to deal with it, you didn't cause it. So take that piece of weight off of yourself. If that's the only thing we get out of today, that you just eliminate feeling responsibility for causing it, for causing burnout, then we've accomplished what we need to accomplish. Does it suck that you still have to be the one to do the work to get rid of it? Yeah, it does. And that sucks in every single disease process that has ever happened. So let it go, move on. Yes. But I
0: absolutely love that. Cause again, I mentioned it a little bit ago, but as I've worked with people in extreme burnout and I look at my own story, when I first came to terms with it, I almost felt overcome in guilt and shame. Yeah. And so I love that you're ending on that because it is not your fault. No. There are so many unresolved things from our childhood, like you said, that are societal, cultural we're giving the coping skills in the damn first place, you know, so it's not your fault. But you're here now and there's tools available. And Kate is a very good resource on those tools. So this is
1: a very natural segue, but can you share with the audience how to find you? I like to give people one place to go so that it's easy. Go to Fried the Burnout Podcast, go there. From there, you will find everything about me anywhere. There's links to all the things, but go to Fried the Burnout Podcast, start there. I love that. Make it easy. Easy.
0: Kate, I am so glad that you came on and that your episode is airing early 2023 because it'll set the tone for the rest of the year for the Empowered Half Hour. So once again, thank you. And like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre once said, I'll see y'all on the next episode. Well, that wraps up today's Tea Time. If you found today's episode inspiring, motivating, and empowering, after all, it is the Empowered Half Hour please share and spread the good vibes with other people, your friends, your family, your coworkers. I say this all the time, but in a world where there's so much gossip and low vibe talks, spreading some good vibes and some empowerment can go a long way. So I thank you for being a valued listener of the Empowered Half Hour. And like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre once said, I'll see you in the next episode.